All right. Well, it's um, goddamn, it's been a week. So we'll start with the uh, the most. Hey, uh, hey, now that was a very loaded statement. You don't want to take that one on stage. Loaded, loaded <laughs> oh, indeed. God, yeah. You're a dick. Uh, well, you know. It is what it is. So, um, Alec Baldwin, he's been uh, he's been shooting this film, and um, well, he's well, you know, he, oh, it's, uh, it's tragic, but like at the same time, who the like, all right? They, you're supposed to have low power blanks. On yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Let's fire. let's actually just break this down real quick for they how it's supposed to work. Rounds. So you're supposed to have modified firearms that can only fire blanks point one point two they're supposed to only be handled by the armorer on set or whatever the fuck they call it point three they're supposed to always be checked every time they're moved between people and point four you're supposed to always observe the rules of gun safety anyway even though it's a blank firing pistol so, so uh, there's a couple points of irony I need to point out. After just sorry, a blank, they're low power blanks, so they basically have just enough powder to pop the little cardboard cap out the front, and, 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 uh, by and the make, way, it makes them light. Those those safety rules are actually caused by the fact that they used to use high power blanks, and somebody used a gun that was old at one time and had something stuck in the actual thing. So when they uh, used a high power blank, it yeah. actually fired around and killed someone. It, yeah, and that somebody's so, name was Brandon Lee, and the movie was The Crow. Yes, it was. Yep. So, so a couple points of irony there. Um, had he followed the, had he had he actually gone and taken an NRA training course, the things that you know, things he's against. Yeah. Um, he would have he would have never pointed a gun at somebody without checking it first. Unless that somebody was Trump, I'm sure he would have pointed right. that voluntarily. Oh, it, it just like it's something else is that people point like the conspiracy theory is going around right now is that a, a, some MAGA hat um, decided to put live. Oh rounds my god, in the that was so funny. That's just, like, so... thinking, like, again, like the guns are supposed to be modified so that they cannot load a gun. I'm sorry, cannot load a, a bullet with a round, like a slug in the end of it. And even if they um, can, they've got like a cross in the fucking barrel, or at the very least, a bar. Right. That this thing is going to hit and halfway explode in your hand, very likely, if you try and do it. And that's not like, you know, they, they put a little plastic insert. It's supposed to be, like, welded in, like, they drilled holes, they put wires through, and then they welded the wires in. Yeah, and not and not like a little insert. wire, but, like, the something as thick as, like, a ten-penny fucking nail is in the middle of a barrel. It's supposed to be, at least. Right. Kind of like orange tips are supposed to prevent cops from shooting kids. But. Right. <laughs> That's a different story, isn't it? Oh, indeed it is. Which one are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, I suppose so... that's the other part, of the other part of the irony there is that, you know, uh, he, had, um, he had previously said, uh, you know, I wonder what it feels like to accidentally kill someone. Yeah, and uh, someone said, you know, something to the effect of, "Well, why don't you know? Hope you don't find out." And he said, "Watch this." Yeah, no, he uh, really, really did. Uh, hold on, I have these these three images right here for just the. This basically lays out the shortest version of this possible in these three images. You know, yeah. there's the there's the the thing happening after he acts, he says, "I wonder if he'll like to wrongfully kill someone." 
There's the part where he says, watch this after someone says, shut up, stupid. Yeah. And then there's Whamalo herself uh, saying, you can't make fun of him after having made fun of Liz Cheney's, you know, dad getting shot. Or sorry, shooting someone. Yeah. Yeah, I am kind of surprised they didn't have uh, the one guy, the director, come on television today and just apologize to Alec for being in front of his gun like they... uh... You know, like they did for old Dick. Have an old dude come on television. Still got the buckshot in his face. You can see the spots of lead around his eyes and mouth. And he's like, man, I'm, I am real sorry that I got out there in front of in front of old Dick Cheney's gun. I shouldn't have done that. I was a real dumb guy. I'm getting sent this shit like, as we're talking to. Like, the funny Here's part is one. that that was like... I remember being on the left at the time that that, that kind of shit aired. And you were, like, it was so maddening to see something that stupid for political stunts. And now I'm on the opposite side of the aisle, and it's equally stupid when, uh, if somebody was to do that on the left. But well, you know what? It's here's, just here's interesting how stupid is apolitical, isn't it? Out of curiosity. Just, just to be very clear, is uh, has Alec Baldwin come out as gay yet, or is that, like... Oh no, he hasn't even he hasn't even gone to therapy for the terrible thing that, you know, he's had to endure yet. After he's gotten through his therapy sessions, then he can come out as you know, gay or for Yeah, well, well, yeah, think about the tragedy of that. He's he's had to live through that, man. You guys are missing it. It's it's you, you got it wrong. He's coming out as a lesbian after he transitions. Mm, there you go. Uh, there you before, go. But before his before his surgery, all right? He's got to get used out of that dildo before he cuts it off. I'm talking about the one in his pants, not the one on his neck. Hmm. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So, here's the basic situation for anyone who's missed it. I, I've done my best to try and get a full breakdown of, of the actual, you know, minutes of how this went down. So, it seems like there has been some real trouble on set. Alex been the genuine the the general assholeish uh, dickish kind of guy that's pushy that he normally is and so there've been a lot of issues with uh, staff on set from what i understand this is kind of allegation this is uh maybe walked off because of safety issues regarding the gun actually no no uh, that's it's funny I'm you mentioned that there actually was a walk off on not, set earlier that day I of that uh, some true, of the right yeah yeah, there yeah, was. It, I don't yeah, know if it was related to gun safety or what, but apparently... I, I, I know it was a safety issue, and I thought it was the gun, but you know, maybe it was like working a ladder or something. It was working conditions and the general disregard for safety. Okay, yeah. Right, it, I think go. it was like a general thing, there not anything specific. There were some people who claimed that it, they had issues with the way the guns were being handled. Really interesting. So, now, uh, this will fall onto the prop master, obviously, but Every single aspect of the production falls on the producer. The producer Mm -hmm. of Rust is one Alec Baldwin. So he had the final say in all of this. So we've got a little bit of background. We've already got trouble on the set, for one, because of people not being safe. We'll just, we'll be kind and say in general. And then we have a walkout that very day. Well, that very day being yesterday. So we have this walkout for safety issues. And uh, 
the director says, hey, we're going to need to reshoot this uh, this one scene. I, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know the exact wording. And Alec Baldwin, uh, probably near the end of his rope, having you know had to deal with a long day of upstarts that think they know what's right and know how to deal with things in Hollywood. Oh, did I mention that this isn't in Hollywood? It's in New Mexico. And being in New Mexico, he's not tied by California law and so therefore didn't actually get any SAG-AFRA like, union people to do the work. He just got local scabs, interestingly enough. So, that being the case... Hello. Yeah, funny. Because if he'd actually got, you know, like, licensed prop the masters... The economy injection of capital, that's, that's criminal. Well, not only that, I mean, he's getting a lot of business for their ambulance services, and the hospitals are going to be doing really well now. I mean, you know, not to mention any uh, local psychological services that they're going to need to, uh, you know, pull on board. But anyway. I, well, I'm sure I, he'll be okay once he gets back to his, his California shrink. Oh, well, yeah. You, you can't trust one of those, one of those non-Cali ones. He's the victim here. Well, yeah, I mean, just think about what he's had to live through already. He had to watch someone get shot today. He had to watch someone uh, get killed. Poor guy. Okay, so anyway. I'm still going going when he's going to come out as gay in a week. Oh, yeah, I know. It's coming. It's coming. But anyway, so we've got the scene all set. Uh, They say, we've got to reshoot the scene. And so Alex says, uh, well, how about I shoot you instead? Now. What immediately happens like there? Oh, it does. And I imagine it was. You know, it's a long yeah. day. You've been dealing with a bunch of dumb bullshit. And so you pull out your blank firing gun. Oh, no. No, not blank firing. You pull out your actual revolver that, oh, it has got blanks in it. Well, no. Okay. Well, it doesn't have a firing pin. Well, no. But it yeah. does actually have live rounds. Uh, at least one, possibly two. So we know he pulled the trigger once, maybe twice. We don't know. But uh, he shot uh, the director right there on the spot and the director of cinematography. And she's Helena dead. Hutchins. Uh, yes. Helena Hutchins, who uh, has actually got, you know, kind of a... She's it's kind of a nice. nice story that she's got. Like, she's a person that kind of came up from nothing and everything it's the story you want to hear with the ending you don't and uh, that's and that's pretty much the situation yeah she um alec has come out and offered his condolences you know i'm sure that he'll be going and seeking help you know professional help to to help him deal with the grief of having to watch someone get shot in front of him (sighs) so we're going to be titling this episode, Alec, Get Your Gun. Uh, because I... Oh, my God. Oh, I've been saving that one. That one was so perfect. It is. It really is, isn't it? Oh, but you see, I can't believe you have a gun with this one. Prop gun. Oh! Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> That's quality. That one's going up on the Twitter feed. Oh, good times. So... So we've got the, uh, well, actually, you know what? We've got some more good time stuff. We'll go ahead and just drop it. We've got another one. The, the poor, uh, the poor Canuck up in Canuckistan, the, uh, people in government have been told that they can offer no support to anyone by the name of Brandon. Uh, it's come down from the top. So if you got a friend named Brandon uh, yes. up there in, uh, Canuckistan, well, you're just going to have to say, I'm sorry, Brandon, 
you're you're on your own because you yeah, can well, specifically the not no, use the wording let's go brandon or any variation thereof under any circumstances it is specifically no. banned by the canadian public service I actually the, got the some. The best part about um, this whole entire thing oh, yeah? is that the actual polls are showing that the top approval for uh, Brandon, as it may be, is uh, is only about twenty six percent amongst independents. That's yeah. that's just great news. That and that's without really even talking about the disapproval numbers, which are on the rise. I want to say forty something percent well, amongst I mean, independents. At the end of the day the approval is what will hopefully affect the numbers. I mean, given it was a pretty close election, uh, come, come, come 2024, after everything's already screwed up, we will have uh, a reckoning. Unless, you know, maybe, just maybe, everybody will get on board with the idea of electing the, the whole Congressional Caucus and having them have Trump be Speaker, and then ramming two... Uh, to impeachments through the Senate—that would be really great. Oh, it would be hilarious at the very least. It would be, yes. I can only hope. Well, yeah, we could use a little bit of comedy. Speaking of comedy, uh, our friend, uh, our friend Feely Joe, the skin suit—he had something to say about a friend of his. Uh, you guys have probably heard of Chris Dodd. He's a—he's a guy that's you know done some, done some stuff you know in media. So anyway. Uh, Chris Dodd, he's got a little bit of history. He's uh, He was a friend of Ted Kennedy, and uh, they were known for being fans of sandwiches, you know? They like a sandwich made of a waitress, and them. So, Joe Biden, he recently had something to say about Chris Dodd. He said, he's somebody that would not disrespect a waitress. Isn't that a funny joke? Oh, that's a funny joke. I'll make sure and leave a link to that for everybody who wants to have a quick oh, look at see. Did you guys see the... Uh... Did you guys see that town hall that he did? That that was yeah. I saw some... Oh, the Joe. the Cornholio. Oh yeah, Jetpack Joe Cornholio. What have you? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking it it had the look of a man who is doing his best to uh, have a turtle not arrive. Well, you know, it, it's it's just really funny because he's uh, turning around. Can you see saying, him uh, needing a reboot? Check this out. Oh yeah, with the sound. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was uh that was really quite something. Yeah. Like the whole, really the whole thing that, uh, I haven't seen it. I've just seen like a couple bits and pieces, but there's like five of them from just that one alone, just the, the town hall and CNN. And it's, it's absolutely disastrous. Like, how can you have something like this and try and pass it off as even remotely functional? What uh, now? I keep hearing, I keep hearing the, uh, the 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 ballot stuff. I keep hearing murmuring about Arizona. You guys heard anything about that? I haven't seen anything come out from. I saw that um, there was a, a report that was issued to uh, to hopefully make the uh, uh, Maricopa County Twitter people shut the fuck up. Um, that had basically just a whole bunch of info that was uh, directly contradicted everything that was being posted on their Twitter feed. Um, really, hmm. but this—I mean, I'm being—I'm being a little bit hyperbolic here. But at the same time, like that, like you guys presented a report, fine. Uh, you said you basically had to punt a lot of the issues because you weren't—you were flat out 
blue balled by uh, Maricopa County. Oh and yeah, and that's that's and, some and bullshit like, there too. Like what you really need to do is get those get the, the key things that were happening and get them to bullet points and like hammer on them which you didn't do. Like that like Now that being said, I believe I believe now that they are going into a uh, full forensic uh, like they're going into a deeper audit now because they have to because they deeper audit. Yeah, right. Yeah, two more weeks. I, I mean, know. Just in time for the 2022 election season. Holy well, shit, no, don't nice. don't get ahead of yourself now. Don't get ahead of yourself. I don't know it's if they'll have it done like by then. It was predicted a fucking year ago, wasn't it? It will be well, interesting I mean, to see how well Joe things. keeps up, though. I mean, that skin suit's starting to tear, and the maggots I mean, are filling out. So, 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 just again, you know, as much as as much as I am skeptical of the legitimacy of the win, right? I have not seen any evidence, evidence, actual evidence. That there was anything more than, you know, well, I mean, we were pretty, you know, clear and consistent, I think, on on the extent of the fuckery that was involved, and that right. it likely would not have, it, it might, it's possible it could have changed the outcome, sure, but like we that that is an exceptional claim that requires exceptional evidence, and all we've seen to date is that there was enough, in, there was enough to fuck up like some local stuff. Now that said, there's a lot of instances of things where it can fuck up some local stuff. And all of these instances occur in the places where they would need to occur Uh, for this to happen. Hey, hey, hey. Rachel Rodriguez, or Rochelle, whatever the fuck her name is, Rodriguez, that bitch in Texas. Texas is not, you know, a liberal stronghold. And she wasn't exactly operating in Austin, Texas, or Dallas. That's fair. So... You know, statewide but, judges that she I said mean, she had in her pocket, state senators she said she had in her pocket. Like these are, these are big, big players. But uh, you know, she Republican and Democrat. This is the kind of thing that could fuck up an election one way or another. And that's the problem is that both sides play the game. The Democrats are more flagrant about right. it. The Republicans right. are all out because then they lose out on it. Well, one of the main so, issues here, and, though, and with my, it that, is that it's indicative kind of, of an arching problem. That, that, that's a, an entirely plausible theory is that the reality is the reason why we didn't do a th- thorough investigation is that the Democrats and Republicans, neither one knows who committed more fraud. Like, Guaranteed on that. Well, I mean, you can look that, at what happened with Brian Kemp's uh, daughter's boyfriend. It's the same thing with taxes. And they don't know who did it. It's the same thing with taxes. Here's the thing. Like, the, the reason, part of the reason that tax code is so complicated is that you don't know who's paying their fair share or not because right, exactly. you don't know like what the fuck the fair share is supposed to be. Oh, hey, speaking of that, I've got some good news, guys. Uh, you know, it was going to be $600 in your account or in transactions through an account over a fiscal yeah. year. That would result yeah, in the IRS being able to see literally everything that was done with the account. Well, good news. They're going to change that to $10,000. Of any amount of movement within any given account, within any given fiscal fiscal year. It used to be that if you had a transaction of ten grand or more, individual transaction, transaction, that transaction was flagged. Yes, individual, singular transaction. The bank had to report the transaction itself to the IRS, not your account, but your transaction. Yep. And it's, it's, so I, I bet you they're. I bet you they're trying to go down this road to extend the rule. Uh, 
to the uh, to the other side of this, which is that if there's the law is and and you know facetious arguments in the past in the past. The law is that if it's a federal law, if you tr if you transit a state line with ten thousand dollars or more in your possession, you are required by law to notify, basically, the government. You know, the governments of both states and the federal government. You're supposed to notify them that you're doing that. Cash, mind you. So credit cards don't count, but if you got cash in the trunk, then that's supposed to happen. If you're in a border region, which is uh, any any part of the United States that's within one hundred miles of a border is the border region. That's where your Fourth Amendment goes away, by the way. Uh, so that's basically all of Florida, you know, half of Texas, most hmm. of California, etc. Fascinating. Uh, if you're in a border zone, then the federal government and border and customs um, get to have their, their fingers in the pie, so to speak. If you don't notify them that you're transiting that money across state lines, uh, the reason here is to preempt federal crimes when they occur by uh, by looking out for things like mob activity and gang activity uh, or cartel activity, if you will, the, the DEA being involved. If, if large amounts of cash are transiting state lines, they want to know about it so that they can get the federal um, uh, infrastructure in play, you know, get the FBI, etc. Which, of course, means that everybody definitely does that. They, again, like nobody fucking transits $10,000 in cash across state lines unless you're a bank. Uh, everybody's money's in the bank, so people who don't have money in the bank are the people who are directly impacted by this. And hmm. so you'd have to get caught, obviously, because who the fuck's going to tell, you know, just call up the cops. By the way, I'm crossing this state line at this time with $10,005 in cash. But that's one of those things that they can they can confiscate the money that they find if they do that. That is basically one of the ways they can they can just add cash to the pile. Fun fact. I mean, let it, me uh, let me share it, a little it, interesting bit know. of trivia related to this specifically. And uh, pimps, you see, there's a reason why pimps have been extravagant for quite some long while, is that gold and jewels retain their value at a very basic level. So if they get put away, say, take off this ring, that ring, they know exactly how much it is. They know what their bail is. Here, baby, you take this to the pawn shop, you get it in there, and you get me back out. Or you, again, know exactly what that value is. You are carrying on you a small bank, as it were. You could be carrying $100,000, well, but you know, all I you've got in your wallet is 100 The real funny part here, aside from the... Uh, intrusion is they're attempting to argue that it's to make sure everybody pays their fair share. Oh yeah, the reality oh, is yeah, the only reason part. it would be set, it, 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 the only reason it would be set at that low, is that they are specifically going to go after the people like waitresses and whatnot who make money on tips, which is cash. Now, why why is it that they've decided to go out with this rule? Well, it turns out <clears throat> that in September, on Labor Day. When they ended the whole unemployment benefit, nobody went back to work. Nobody was getting work in August. Nobody was getting work in July. Nobody actually was planning for this. And all of a sudden, there's nobody homeless on the streets. And despite the fact that, you know, they actually have to pay their rent and be, despite the fact. So, so the question is where, how is it that these people are making money? And well, I mean, it is technically possible that they held on to some of that $600 a week they were getting. But, you know. I, I am sure that there's a large number of people 
who went to work under the table delivering pizzas or Chinese food or whatever, right? They get paid mm -hmm. for the delivery service in cash. They take the cash, they put it in the bank, and that's what they're going for. They're going after the people who are probably making a fairly decent wage. They probably know how much people on average make doing this. Uh, and then they're just targeting everybody who's on the lower portion of the economic spectrum using cash. Well, that's the fun part, and isn't that's it? That's their target. The, 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 lower the, part, part. the lower end of the spectrum part yeah. is the part that really sticks out here. Is Oh, it really does. That's that a way said, to go I after have, the millionaires. No it's hilarious. I have no problem with that. I really don't. Like, I really don't have an issue with that because of how much taxes I pay. Right? If I didn't pay as much in taxes, I would be like, hey, everybody, I'm all for everybody getting away with everything they can get away from. I don't know. No, no. I, I, I just think it's hilarious, though, that they're doing this and they're framing it as a way but, to yeah. basically get. Oh, yeah. This is like this is how we're going to get the millionaires and billionaires and the trillionaires. Yeah. Exactly. And they, 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 they exactly. have no idea how badly. Like, the funny part is, like, they've got to have some inkling in the back of their mind, like a little dark cloud. But they have no idea exactly how big the hole in, in their foot is going to be in the next next three years from firing mm -hmm. a bullet that size through it you know we're gonna we're gonna get back at all it's it's like it's like saying it's like saying you need to raise your taxes to fix the environment we're gonna raise your taxes to get the millionaires who are already paying your taxes well you know good it, job it, guys it, the, fun part, the fun part of this whole entire thing is going to be that uh, a none of these people are going to see it coming and B, these are all the people who probably put them in power. Like, well, it's always, like, as is often the case the with useful idiots, they're the first against that, the wall. That's going to be the, the best mm -hmm. part about this whole entire thing. But, I, I mean, Jesus. And on that note, million, you know, for something a couple weeks back that I don't think we actually touched on, but is worth mentioning, our good friend Greta made an interesting, interesting discovery when she was making a speech to a bunch of adults. That they don't give one single tiny even hint of a fuck about what she has to say. As long as she says the magic words. It was truly beautiful. Did you guys uh, catch that? What, what was this? No. Oh, uh, let me get the speech. She just said blah, 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 climate change. And every time she said one of the magic words like climate change or carbon capture or any of the shit, all the fucking people clapped. Oh, great. Greta blah, blah, blah. Here we go on YouTube. Oh, so, so this will be from NBC. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. This is not about oh, some expensive, politically correct, green act of bunny hugging or blah, blah, blah. Build back better, blah, blah, blah. Green economy, blah, blah, blah. Net zero by 2050, blah, blah, blah. Net zero, blah, blah, blah. Climate neutral, blah, blah, blah. Our hopes and dreams drown in their empty words and promises. Of course, we need constructive dialogue, but they've now had 30 years of blah, 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 and where has that led us? So, when you look at that... Oh. You um, you have to take something away from it because you're not supposed to clap, you fucking idiot seals. You're supposed to sit in silence and be stunned at this. 
I love the way that the Guardian is, is characterizing this, and, and it falls in line with your um, your description here. It's like Gre Greta Thunberg has excoriated global leaders over promises to address the climate emergency, dismissing them as blah blah blah. Like, uh, yeah, okay, and then they clapped, which I think is fucking hysterical. Truly. Well, I bet, like well, I, I mean, said, I, I bet you they think that they're being, that that they're they're in, enjoying the irony of the moment there, and that there somehow makes them a peak intellectual to, to recognize their well, faults I, that they're I, never gonna fix. I think the the, the best uh, the best overview of that that mentality actually was was brought up by Michael Schellenberger. Uh, on the Tim Pool's After Hours like long form podcast this week, where Michael Schellenberger came in and he said, "Well, you know, uh, when people say climate change, what they really they're, they're not really sitting there and talking about minor temperature increases over a minor period of time. They're talking about wanting humanity to pay for its sins against the environment in the totality, right? As if it's a god and we should be sacrificing virgins. And I think that's a poignant point." There's a lot of folks out there in that crowd who have never read a scientific paper. They've never gone through the IPCC reports. They don't know any of this stuff. And even the folks who are, are actively writing in this field, uh, you you see these, like, gross aberrations. I've brought up a few here. But, I mean, even talking about, like, I don't think we really did, did a deep dive into the, uh, the most recent IPCC working group release. There's one table in there that says everything that you need to know about uh, the field of climatology. And that table has a chart, and that chart is the estimates of ECS by various like data sources, right? And one of them is measurements. And then one of them is what climate scientists know. And the measurements and what climate scientists know don't even overlap. Like, they are just, like, we, what we are physically detecting with instrumentation does not match with what we believe is going on in terms of the overall effect of CO2 on the environment. And that is confirmation bias given form. So just, just let me, um, let me parse that real quick. So just to put that out there, what that means is the numbers that exist today that are in the data, the hard and fast numbers don't match with what people are fucking saying. Not, not even remotely. We, we don't, like they're not it, even remotely. And it, this isn't even like a two plus two five thing. This is like two plus two equals orange. Right. That's, uh, that's it, it's it's good. more like it's more like so. So when you actually take a look at the instrumentation data, the so so the the original range uh, by the Charney report in like the nineteen what was it nineteen seventies or something like that, some forty years ago. Um, the original Charney report came out and said that the range is between one point five and uh, uh, three point five. And that was, or a 1.5 and 4 or something like that with, uh, uh, or uh, what was it? Something like that. Yeah, 4.5. 1.5 to 4.5 with a midpoint of 3, right? And that was, that was the range that was given. And that has remained largely unchanged. Now, they shrunk it down a little bit in terms of what their overall best estimate is. Yeah. But uh, what has happened is we have we've taken some measurements, we've got 40 years of data, so we've taken some measurements to see what has happened, how much did we emit, what's the temperature done? And the instrumentation data has shown very conclusively that it's closer to the 1.5. It's but for 1.5 to 1.67 is, uh, is kind of what it is. Um, uh, degrees Celsius per doubling of CO2. Uh, now, where does that 1.5 to 1.67 come in? 
Well, that's actually the direct computation from radiative physics. If you go out and you were to go perform a basic calculation of radiative physics, it would give you typically somewhere around the order of 1.6 to 1.68, right? It's pretty narrow range as to what you would expect for a doubling of CO2. I've done the calculation. It's not very high. So if our measurement's saying that and our physics says that, where does the rest of this uh, you know, 4.5 degrees oh, Celsius number I should come into jump in here real quick to, to nitpick. I should, I, and this is going to be like affect your your statement there very much. But just to point out something here, CO2 is fairly dilute in the uh, Earth's atmosphere. It's a very low yes. concentration. We're talking about ppm. You know, it's it's running maybe tenths of a part PPM. per thousand. We're yeah, we're running tenths of a part per thousand. We're in parts per ten thousand. You know, single digit territory there. That's yep. very dilute. So when, it, when we're talking about a, a doubling of CO2, we're in what's called a linear range, so that the um, you can double CO2, say, a few times, and you're still going to be within the linear range there. It's uh, There's a, a con a, effectively a constant value you can assign. Yes. Whereas, you know, otherwise, and... you know, if, if you had significantly more CO2, it might there be other effects that come into play that are more significant. Or to say but this, uh, well, uh, to, to put it so, in a so really plain set of language. Well, let, let me pause you for if just a quick second so that I can actually kind of parse that. To put it in super plain language, we're dealing with much less than whole percentages, percentages of percentages. So a doubling of 0 0.001 is 0 0.002. That's not even remotely near a whole percent. Just to just to parse that. Anyway, sorry to. Sorry to bust in there, but I just want to make sure that's understandable. You missed a zero, but yeah. Okay, exactly. There you go. <laughs> well, sorry, please go ahead. I just I did want to put that out there. Oh no, sorry. My uh, my wife needs uh, needs me to go okay. fetch a computer. Oh dear. So I, uh, I'm doing that real quick. But the uh, the point being that it's the, dilute, so you can you can double things and help with a, a degree change that would be a result of that. Work one, or for you to help me remember what the benefits fucking login is. I don't know either of those things, Robin. Yes, so that's why I asked you. Uh, oh, I have to go fetch fetch computers. Hold on. Of course, got, of course. I've got, I've got, I've got to find the right laptop. You can't just no problem. Laptop. Need the right laptop. No, right. no, absolutely. So, There's something that we need to share with the uh, with the audience in the meanwhile. That's uh, recently breaking news regarding. Um, well, really, one of our first people of color on the Supreme Court. Oh, we got to this one, didn't we? So it appears that Clarence Thomas will be taking his place of supremacy in the near future as the head of the Supreme Court. Yes. I mean, it, you couldn't ask for a better thing. I mean, we're going to finally have a person of color leading the Supreme Court. The first one. The very first. I, I mean... How progressive can uh, you get? Now all he has to do is transition to a woman, and we've got the full package. Well, lack of package, you know, but yeah. Well, you, you never know. He, he could be storing it in the back of the wheelchair. Uh, uh, so he would also become the first, the first trans disabled. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're trans disabled, right? you don't necessarily have. Well, I mean, we don't want to be, uh, you know, turfs or anything here. So, I mean, maybe he just doesn't want to express that. So, you know, he might be, he might be trans. Are you talking about the trans, the, are you talking about the trans exclusionary radical fitness uh, people or are you talking about the trans exclusionary 
like uh, the, oh, of any variety really i mean there's there's so many different uh, uh flavors of fruitcake out there right but anyway um yeah you know if you're gonna go for the oh, go for any yeah absolutely yeah twice collect it twice because you need the extra chromosomes well i mean it's got a two in there right so yeah it's two, two chromosomes, well, two whatever. For, that's for two spirit, which is when you uh, when you you apply to Harvard as a Native American, and then you come out as extraordinarily white later. Mm, mm, I see. I, <clears throat> I would say how, There's but so almost. You know what? What can I say? That might be a. <laughs> I wouldn't want people to think I was saying the wrong thing and misrepresenting my uh, oh, my my dear fallen ancestors. Too many, ancestors. Too many layers to that one. That was one of them, yes. I would not want to uh, disrespect uh, my dear fallen ancestors. The was another one. Dude. Uh, uh, honey, can you get me the beer, which is totally not propped in the kitchen for, uh, for an easy grab? All right, but let me get a... Yeah. Oh. I would like to steer back to the climate change thing so I can... Oh, yeah, no, we got, uh, I got that um, out there, so absolutely. Yeah. So, right. so, so I wanted to, uh, it, it does actually vary, uh, it, it's not linear, it's still an exponential curve, but if you actually right. do go do yeah. the calculations with Beer Lambert, you do get out that for every doubling at this frame. Now, by the way, uh, this is also accounting for the fact that you have to include the, the actual water vapor, okay. which is much higher and operates on the same spectra as CO2, so it's all very good. But well, when we start talking spectra. about... It's almost identical. They're they're they're, Over they're both the entire wavelength. Oh come on! There's a they're... big shift between the two of them. Oh, it's not that the the the, the actual absorbance of water is over the entire range in which CO two is active. Water is consistent at the same absorbance as its peak. Right? Water is literally better at doing what CO two does. I think it's like the twelve nanometer peak is the only spike in the entire spectra which is greater than that of water like water dips at that one point and it fills the hole and it's only one spectral line like it's not even a full spectra it's crazy but in any case when we start talking about it it does work out to a doubling of co2 that's uh, so should lead to a consistent temperature shift and when we actually go take a measurement of that it matches up with our physics it's Yes, it, it, it almost entirely overlaps. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you looking at? That's that. I know it's uh, not absorption. That's emission. That's a terrible. That's a terrible fucking chart. Just go pull the. Just go pull the data from NIST. I, I my computer's down. Otherwise, I'd pull that. I have an actual side by side comparison of the two spectra. I think I've even linked it in in chat before, sometime a year or so ago. But there's, if you actually pull the individual spectra for water and the individual spectra from CO2 and you do a comparative range, what you find is water is equally active to CO2 over its absorbance range. It's way more absorbent over another range. Oh, it's way CO2 more absorbent than IR in general. But yeah. It, it, yes. Yes. But outside, well, of, outside uh, of CO2's fuck me, that's range. That's a bad image. There's an SDG-based transparent piece of shit for you. Just, just go to the NIST website. The NIST, you can pull the spectra directly from them. It's pretty yeah, good. I like Google Image Search is fast. And, and Google Image Search is terrible. It is terrible. It's terrible. It, it is. It's I mean, terrible. Let's, let's be real. It's terrible. 
NIST yes. is slow, but good. <laughs> Google search is bad. Um, but yeah, so, so, so that's literally what we got. We got, on one hand, we have the actual physics and the actual measurements in full agreement. We should be full stop saying we're done. And then when you sit there and you talk to what climatologists believe it to be, it's literally order. It, it's almost up to a full order of magnitude more than that. I think they actually go all you know where, where the measurements are are very tightly narrow banded, around one point five to one point seven five, right? And that matches right, with the physics. Here, this, uh, this the is, actual this is NIST, but there you go. There's I'm telling oh. you, see that see that trough in the middle there? That's nowhere near the two troughs for the CO two. What are you talking about? Hold on. It's a transmission. It's not I told you it's not this. I get absorbance. I... I don't want percent T. It's the same percent shit. Percent transmission. Just flip, flip no. it upside down in your head. Okay, I I'll under... have Things to link this for like everybody so, in the so chat it, if they it, want to check out any look, of these. Look, point being here, there's one data peak CO2 that lines up very well with the tr with the peak for H2O. And there's one peak per CO2, which does not line up very well with H2O. There, there's yes, wave number diff there's a wave number difference between the two of them. And just saying the main peak they, for water both, is not the same as the peaks up. for CO2. They both line up pretty well for two different peaks with water. And water is still active oh, over the, the entire one on the range. Oh, the doesn't line up that well. The water is still active over the entire range of CO2, and the one on, on the Amber. left is just slightly above water's normal percent transmittance. Like, it's just slightly above at that one point where there's there's just slightly more okay, energy. Well, I, I should point out that the, the vertical axis on this is, is arbitrary units because you can't, like, they're, they're not doing a direct overlay. I'm pretty That's sure. That's why I prefer... That's why I, I, I know, absorbing. I know. I, but this was just like absorbance is again, always better fast. than percent transmittance. It's the same shit. Go to NIST. It is not, not the same thing. I mean, you're, you're you crying about a minor difference. I know it's different. I know it's different. You're crying about a minor difference in, in this instance here. Like th this graphic uh, I, gives you all the information that we're we're. we're it it does. Over, it does. But at the same, NIST I, is still I'll, more. I'll be honest there. I'm the one being an asshole here. You are being an asshole. Um, but yeah, so, anyway. so like, I mean, when we are, when we are literally talking about our physical data and our observations in alignment with our theoretical physics, and they're like, no, but wait, there's all these other things that we haven't found, but we believe exist anyways, you're, yeah, like, you're they're all things. positive forcing terms. That's fucking brilliance. Yes, every single one of them. So, what the, what the I, I, we've covered this in the past, but the, the short version is... When you're doing optimizations, uh, it's usually it's very easy uh, and it gives you better convergence, so quadratic versus linear, typically. You know, asterisks there. Uh, if you take a, a coefficient that you're trying to to regress, if you square it to force it to be positive, greater than or equal to zero, then you get quadratic convergence on it for free because it's a squared term. Uh, when you do the you know the any basic derivative um, form on that, so like a uh, you know your Newton approach or your householder methods, etc. But like you just you know square them to guarantee they have a specific range, and that way you don't have any fiddle fuckery around zero. You don't have to build in an offset, for example. Um, but the problem is that that will never allow you to put in a negative term there unless you 
put a minus sign in front of it. So when all of your quote forcing your your radiative uh, forcing terms, so these are these are divergences from homeostasis, if you will. Um, so things that deviate the environment from present, effectively, or present average. Well, th that's what they're supposed to be, but in reality, the way they're described, you know. The, yeah, the, the problem, the forcing terms is a terrible, like, it's a terrible metric. It's a shit no engineer, No, No engineer in their right mind would sit there and do that, because at the end of the day, especially when we have something like climate, right, the, the big problem that you have is that they, they presume, there is a built-in assumption associated with climate, which is that it's a first-order stable system. And thus... They also, the they also are, are going with a perturbation method, which it's not designed... So they're going with the wrong perturbation method and and bad steady state assumptions. And if you're trying yes. to do a perturbation yes. method from a steady state, you have to actually solve the fucking steady state first and not assume right. and, and they don't that's, and they, they basically do a they curve solve fitting it, they exercise. It. Yeah. They, they they do a curve fitting exercise, they have a shitload of assumptions and they say, Well, everything that we don't fully understand, we attribute to CO two. And that's that's or, basically or, or other gases. They add other gases in there, mind you. But CO two CO two is the big do. one. But they add other. They add in, you know, the methane and I think they even add in. The, the reason the CO two is the minor. big one. The reason the CO two is the big one is they believe that CO two has the highest residence time in the atmosphere, and Besides, it's a non-condensable. Uh, well, yeah, but water's you know, condensed. Unless they in fucking it. forget. Well, God forbid. I, I saw I saw recently there's this this fucking woman, the you know the the extinction rebellion morons over there in England, clogging up traffic on the street. This woman on video saying, "We're gonna run out of oxygen. We're gonna kill all the plankton." She doesn't understand how many millions of years it took to fill the fucking atmosphere with oxygen in the first place. We yep. have we have enough oxygen in the atmosphere to evolve as a species to consume some other material from our environment for respiration. It, it, it's well, a very thin film on the planet, but it is fucking enormous on a human scale, the amount of oxygen that there is. I mean, at the end of the day, though, right, like, even then, you still are dealing with the more CO2 you have, the faster the plants grow. So... You, you should have these negative feedbacks associated with CO2 concentration. I mean, yeah, but like just presuming that all the 80% the um, carbon sink uh, that produces, you know, like, what, uh, more than a third of, well, no, it's like 60% plus the oxygen. That, supposing all the phytoplankton goes away, and then that is just never recovered. Suppose all green life on the Earth goes away, but we still somehow have food, you know, I know brainlet exercise, but you bear with me on that. Yeah, no, okay, magical Mad Max scenario happens. Oxygen. There you go. You have enough oxygen. This is, got this tons is very of it. How, how exactly <laughs> did they die? That's what I want to know. Uh, no, no, that was the other fun part was, like, there was no, there, like, you know, ocean pollution, I think, came up in the babbling, but, like, there, there was no basis for that, that fear. It was just, it's going to happen. Just... Well, that goes Crazy back lady. to what Schellenberger was saying, is at the end of the day, it's about our sins against the environment, and we have to atone for it. And that's what the climate change and climate change payments evangelical are. It's not people who are religion. actually understanding what we're doing. Well, if it was, they would it endorse was... nuclear, wholeheartedly. Yeah. 
I mean, my favorite part is 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 the the activists who were against nuclear before. Uh, months ago, we we uh, were discussing that one woman from Twitter. Uh, I love when they like, and, and I genuinely like the fact that they do this because they're they're now advocating something that makes sense. But at the same time, like the cringe they go through as they look back on their former protesting of nuclear, and then they're now their new enthusiastic. Um, uh, advocacy for nuclear, but more importantly, informed advocacy. Whereas before, well, that, that's, that's they the were thing, just blissfully ignorant. Most, it's gonna make a Godzilla. Most of the time, most of the time, when you start talking about the folks who are opposed to nuclear energy, it's because they know nothing about it. Their entire yeah. experience with nuclear is not talking to a nuclear engineer. It's not talking to a nuclear scientist. It is sitting there and listening to Greenpeace. And uh, what the hell is that group of scientists that have that clock that they just moved the hand? Oh, the doomsday scientists, yeah. But the other thing they get their info on on nuclear is the Simpsons. That's that's where they know everything about nuclear from. Oh, my God. The console room. Yeah, yeah there's – and, like and every yeah, one of them's got a guy like Homer working there. Can you, can, you ha- can you really afford oh, to have a Homer working at your local – energy plant i, I mean, mean come on I mean, to be real like the simpsons real, is a that's documentary how, that's how most console rooms look i i believe that actually especially especially when you start talking about the 1980s when the simpsons first aired that's actually what they legitimately um if you actually take a look at a, a few other of the pictures of people in console rooms now the uh since 2001 the nrc doesn't allow photos in the console room for Oh, semi-obvious yeah. reasons you don't say um but at the same time they uh they are in fact very similar to that yeah i can imagine they're basically about as updated as uh air traffic control towers have become just newer technology based on the same old tech or the same old tech just sitting there with new monitors and shit next to it um some of it's going to be older some of it's going to be newer um realistically because we haven't really built any new plants uh, most of the technology is going to be pretty much unchanged from where it was in the 1980s. And that's ah. because to get new... This is one of the problems that you have right now in terms of American nuclear. We have put so many barriers between us and actually like advancing the technology that so the technology can't advance effectively. So what ends up happening is if you want to change anything, you have to write a procedure. So if I want to sit there and upgrade to new pH meters, right, for instance... I would have to pay somebody to go write the procedure, and then it's going to go sit with the NRC for a few years. It's got to go through the whole licensing review, and they got to pay for it. So it's going to be an $80,000 procedure to upgrade their pH meter. So even though, and, and I saw this at, when I was at Plymouth Pilgrim, even though there are modern pH meters where you can throw a probe in a tank, get a reading almost instantly, they're beautiful bulbs. They're still using this baffle spin uh, turbulence system from the 1960s when the plant was originally built uh, that they can't even like find spare cups for because they actually I, one of the things I fixed for them was they had uh, one cup that was a baffled cup and the other one was just a cup cup and so they uh, they when you have a spinning thing the the purpose of the baffles is to mitigate the uh, the the mixture of the air so you basically get a, a better spun solution. So they would have this crazy move in gauge when they were trying to gauge the pH of the reactor water. 
Um, and it's just fluctuating because of air increases. So, so you have stuff like that where they can't buy these pieces of equipment that break or get damaged over time. And uh, so, so they basically run off spare parts rather than upgrading the plant. And that's because of regulation. And let me guess, it all runs on COBOL, right? Uh, I'm sure a lot of it does. <laughs> I, I mean, this is one of the things that was kind of exciting about the, uh, the, the new AP-1000s that they're building down south. Because those, once they're up and running, will have a full new dashboard with new equipment. That was one of the reasons why those plants were projected to cost 80% of what traditional nuke plants cost. Uh, they had a whole bunch of, they had ad additional safety, additional redundancy, but there was a lot of upgraded sensors and equipment. Oh, just modernized? Which, a, decreased the, yeah. Oh, now, yeah. The downside is the first time you ever build something, right, it costs, it costs way more to build the first version of it than it does to build the second and the third and that's what you saw down there and so you know that the hippies were saying oh nuclear costs so much well no if we were building them like south korea then it wouldn't cost that much and you can use the south korea numbers for actual estimates of nuclear costs and you should but in the case of the u.s we haven't built a, we haven't built a plant in 30 years and it's a new design and there's no construction companies that are used to working with those type of tolerances for like shielding and all the other stuff so you basically have to teach everybody everything rather than having a competent crew of people who are trained to do it. Uh, and, you know, the NRC is, is new regulators. They don't want to be – they don't want to – you know, nobody wants to – I can tell you as much as I rail against IH uh, and uh, all of the rules, I will not sign my name to something unless it's goddamn amazing. <laughs> and that's – I empathize with the NRC guys who are saying, yeah, no, we got to stop work. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. And every single time somebody gets replaced, right, you got to re, you know, you get attrition or something like that. You got to go train the new person up, get them more comfortable, all that stuff. So that's why those plants are costing as much as they are. Oh, I can imagine. Human capital is always terribly expensive. Well, you know, you say that, but you haven't spoken to the Chinese. Okay. Um, well, that doesn't the, exactly the... count. But you make a good point. It's funny you say that. They don't think so either. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if if the, That's uh, the HBO special on Chernobyl taught me anything, it's that Uyghurs, especially pregnant Uyghurs, are best used as shielding. Hmm. Well, I mean, if we're asking she, I'm sure he would agree. <laughs> I mean, well, I, so I'm probably making a joke. Nobody gets it. Uh, they came around at one point in the HBO special and, and turned to the pregnant woman who just met with her husband, who was a, one of the firefighters, and said, your baby absorbed all the radiation from your husband. A, he has no radiation in him. He's already received the dose. And B, it doesn't suddenly go and target fetuses. So. Oh, unlike the coronavirus, which actually targets uh, right-wing rallies and avoids left-wing gatherings. Gotcha. Yeah, especially when they're uh, chugging champagne mouth-to-mouth -mouth in the streets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it depends. I mean, if it's a no sophisticated crowd, it might not uh, might not have so uh, might not have such a foothold. You know, it might not be as much of a mask of the Red Death as uh, one might think. Oh uh, yes, well, you know, the sophistication is what definitely kept Martha's Vineyard from uh, having an explosion in cases mm -hmm. after a certain birthday ba birthday bash. Yeah, it's not like I use the Mask of the Red Death as a specific reference. Anyway, I've got a, um, another reference here from, uh, since we were talking about China, you guys have heard about the Evergrande problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You well, just talk about that like it's what? over. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, no, just uh, it's ongoing. Uh, quick update on that. They paid like their... Um, I, didn't, I didn't catch. What are we talking about? Evergrande, Evergrande. out of China. Beckon up a collapse. That like nobody lived in is collapsing. No, 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 no. That is uh, that is like a third of their economy. Yeah, Evergrande is basically one of their big financiers. Uh, to put this really it's their simply, property underwriter. It's the property underwriter of like the country. Yeah, and they're badly, because, badly, badly underwater. What people miss on this is that because in China you can't like invest and save like you do in the U.S. The way people do it over there is they. They have their house. They buy their house. That's their big investment. And then they pay in against that debt to eliminate it over the course of their life. And then they have the land. But if Evergrande collapses, then they lose all. They have to liquidate everything, which means all the uh, all the debt bearing assets have to be called in. It means everybody loses their home. Like a third of the economy will vanish. Yeah, just just like poof. That collapses, and that's like everyone's savings because that's what they live in. That's yeah. interesting. Other than you know the incredibly wealthy who have ways of diversifying their funds that fall outside of traditional yeah. eyes. They just so they have like ten trucks, literally ten trucks worth of cash in their house, like that one general. Oh yeah, you have that sort of thing. So on top of this, what uh, well, what's recently happened with Evergrande is they uh, they basically paid the absolute minimum that was required to avoid defaulting, so they're on life support still. But uh, what I was wanting to bring up is that there's another real estate broker, Sinek Holdings, that um, they're not likely to replay their offshore bonds worth two hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's funny because it's it's um, it doesn't sound like much, but when it collapses, the entire fractional reserve based debt outreach of one of these institutions, you just like tack a few zeros on the end, and it just gets funnier the worse it gets, as you start realizing like exactly how far like how ballooned that bubble is that's about to fall apart. Yeah, if anyone in the audience at all is familiar with the Japanese bubble economy, what we're looking at here is an exponent of that. We're looking at an order of magnitude greater bubble here. And I don't even know, an order of magnitude is really not an adequate way of doing justice to what this is. Exponent is a good uh, good way. I was going to say magnitude and exponent don't go together like that. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah, it it is an exponent of this as opposed to an order of magnitude. It's really quite something and could completely crush China. I mean, this could be a fall as bad. Oh, yeah, no, we're so (laughs) we are deeply invested. It's it's not even the it's not even the cross <clears throat> investment. It's the fact that when uh, the, the the world economy they make a is bunch a of our shit. Engine, the world economy is a complicated engine. It doesn't matter like if we still make the shit over here. The fact that the world economy is interconnected as it is means you throw a small wrench into that big engine and it's still going to stall. You saw that with the housing market in the U.S. fucking the entire planet. Um, basically, they're having that moment over there in China. And they're trying to avoid it because they can because their the way their economy works they can kind of somewhat see it coming and they can just creep up as quickly and they can fuck with it 
but they can only yeah. fuck with it so much without completely breaking everything. And they're right, right on the razor's edge. So the, the fucking with it thing is the central bank, and it is a, a government-run central bank, they can just issue more currency. But the problem is the communists over there are, are halfway through the realization that you can't just do that forever because they've been doing that forever. Yeah, modern um, monetary theory does not work. It's, it's one of their ways to fuck with people outside the country is they get them invested in Chinese currency and then they just devalue it out from underneath them to recoup the losses and just assume that all of China gains the losses back, which technically they kind of do, but only as long as people are willing to put up with that shit on the outside. And as soon as they start dropping, and because they're not, like, invested the way the U.S. was back in the 90s with China, keep in mind, we, they only hold, like, a couple trillion dollars of our debt. That meant something back then because it was a lot of our debt. Nowadays, it's hilariously low in terms of the fraction of our debt that they can manipulate. So, yeah, I mean, credit where it's due, actually, you know, with these uh, trillions and trillions in debt, we have actually devalued anything that we owe to any of these other motherfuckers, I suppose. So I guess kudos there. Yeah. The problem is it also devalued all the shit that they owe to all the bondholders. Right. I am every single day that goes by because I'm still kind of expecting some sort of economic crash here. Every day that goes by and they report these really great inflation numbers, I am just super glad that I negotiated on my house, that they've already great. got a bond out for my mortgage, and that uh, I will be acquiring a new property. And maybe, maybe I'll get really lucky and inflation will hit like 50, 60%. And then I'll be yeah. able to pay off the house with like a paycheck. Right. <laughs> Yeah. As long as you get the cost of living increases and the inflation increases, you know. Yep. Yeah, so the, the uh, basically China is is depending so the same way that um that China like previously held that sway over the US by holding our dollars, if they can't keep people holding their dollars outside of the country, they don't have that part of the economy to draw on anymore. They can't withdraw basically the same way that the government taxes the poor in this country by allowing the fed to print them more money um china taxes holders of chinese currency outside of china by increasing the by inflating supply and that's one of the ways they fuck with people like the cartels uh that's one of the ways they can they can tell them what to do which is why all that fentanyl is coming over the border from new cartel installations that are now fabricating it in mexico instead of in just importing it from China. Uh, so they, they are relying on people holding Chinese currency, and if they continue to go too much further, they will not only be defaulting on debts, those debts will no longer be held externally, and they will only be able to rely internally on on payment on uh, for those debts, which means that they are then at the mercy of everyone else they hold currency from to not just basically tell them to fuck off. And not only that, uh, we can take with that their uh, the new Chinese century that they've been desperate to get right. going. Yeah, and we can on. take that, oh yeah, no, that's up in smoke, and we take that with what they have only just recently done, which is a complete overhaul of the way that they handle media. All the, games, the all... Well, give me just one quick second to finish up this point, if you don't mind. 
with the uh, revamp of the way they're handling the media, where it's basically no sissies in the media, they've kicked all feminists out of all media apparatus. <laughs> they've uh, said we're only doing manly men, and they've kicked uh, like TikTokers and all this. They're out. So they've redone all this at uh, such a key time to see it uh, possibly you know, really blow up in their faces. But sorry, I just had to get that point out there because it uh, tied in so oh, well. No, that, that at the end of the day, right, so some people will describe China as a paper tiger, and there's some truth to that. Oh, indeed. They are a legitimate military threat uh, in the world. And and we you know we we should be concerned about them and all that stuff. Well, to put but it in very real terms, time, you know, a child with a gun—that's a gun. He yep, can pull the trigger as well yep, as an adult. And that's, but when you start talking, when you actually sit down and you look at on paper where uh, where China is, as much as they have some stuff that's legitimately scary, they are barely functional. As a system, so, they are growing economically. There's and they something are that, there's something to be said here, though. With the way that they're doing things, they've been they have been rapidly expanding their army and their navy, and it's not to come over and like take Hawaii. Their goal is Taiwan, and that's actually a major problem for the entire world. And the reason for that is that Taiwan is, and this is changing. Uh, under Trump, there were tax ten billion dollar tax incentives. Uh, you don't have to pay taxes on the first $10 billion or whatever uh, for yep. silicon manufacturers, for chip manufacturers to come back to the U.S. There's and it was starting. Plant yep. in Texas. There's a plant in Texas that's supposed to be going up. I think there's one that's uh, not in California. It's another state over in that area. Uh, but point being, chip manufacturers are basically Taiwan. Yeah. They supply the whole fucking world. Pretty much. And if, you believe, yep. if you don't think that the U.S. is going to go to war, regardless of how Biden flubs it at the beginning. Well, actually, no. If we listen to what he just the other day, Biden actually said, no, absolutely. We would defend China. Those those were his specific yeah. words. Now, mind you, uh, earlier today, uh, Jen Psaki oh, did come out and say, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. No, we we're not fully devoted to that. Just just want to clarify, even though Joe said we were in here. If you don't think that we're going to be going to, I don't, I don't fucking care if it's like defend China, defend Taiwan, whatever. Because Taiwan supply, like our militaries, the modern militaries operate on sophisticated technologies and intelligence gathering. Oh, yeah. No, it would be framed and couched as like, we can't let these people fall, but the whole world would come together to defend Taiwan. At the same time, when it comes down to dealing with China. Uh, so, so China, if they took over, if they decided to go march on Taiwan, we don't actually have to go to war with China. We just have to starve them out because it, right. you know, aside from the financial side of things, they are consuming more. We have to convince more... Russia to let us starve them out. That's the thing that you're missing there. I, I mean, and that's going to be I where they finally get a, they have to come back and be dicks to us. That's true. And Russia has become quite proficient in all this time of receiving uh, sanctions and trouble. They've they've gotten quite good at surviving on their own. But at the same time, Russia doesn't particularly like China, and they would rather... So so if I was was Putin, I would rather watch China fall, because I can't take the U.S. So so here's the benefit that we have right now. Russia hates China because of COVID. Yep. Yep. Like, they, they, they already were, like, kind of, you know, they kind of had benign angst towards them, but they're helping out with, you know, because of the whole Cuba and South America kind of thing. 
But um, but I think but I they think also, at the end of the they, day, Russia's, right Russia's not an idiot, right? They are a rival, and and they need to be respected. Their tech is very good. They've geared up to basically fight the U.S. if they need to because they see the U.S. as the biggest threat. But at the end of the day, when you start talking about you know three world powers, let's say Russia, China, and the U.S., and uh, one of uh, one of those world powers, the U.S. has literally the rest of the world pretty much on its side. Uh, who do right. you choose to do, right? Would you rather go? Mon would you go rather sit there and wait out a two-way war, or would you rather sit there and let one of your enemies go away? And so and this is it's one not of the like, like if we, if we did no. go to war with China, it's not like we're going to be stronger for it. So starving them out. Is why I think that despite the uh, despite the Democrat strategy being to to force the wedge and to fuck things up in terms of you know potential for peace. Uh, this is one of the things where I think Trump was doing fairly well with the way he was providing sanctions, but all branches for Putin, <laughs> despite yep. the fact that he was getting shat on it, uh, shat on for it in the press uh, every well, time he tried. I mean, it. Well, the press has a hate boner that, for Russia. That's kind well, of the thing is, is I think Russia wants to be respected. That's their principal goal, right? They they don't want to, <clears throat> they don't want to have outsiders influence them and do all this other stuff, and and you know. For, the US for Russia, does yes. Trample. For Putin, Putin's just a cunt. Like I think he just wants the world. Oh sure. Well, what I mean, he, come what, on. What he, he really wants to do is reinstate the full federation. But what what Putin really wants is to reinstate the full federation, which he's never going to get. No, he's not. That, like, but that, that's okay. You know, under, but you can see it under weak presidents, he presses the advantage. You know, under Obama, he was basically take, eating up Ukraine. You know, Georgia, but, that was a joke. Uh, so, so my guess is, if 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 things kicked off between the U.S. and China, uh, all we have to do is starve them out. And you're absolutely right. Russia's not going to be like jumping up and down for joy, trying to help us starve them out. But if uh, they will, they will actually probably supply China. But they will supply it at such a high cost to China that China will implode anyways. It's not well, going to so, be. So here's my thought be, on that. They, they'll, like, they'll get their bombs and their bullets and their gas, but they aren't going to get yeah. bombs, bullet, and gas at market rate. They're going to get well, it at you know right. 300 percent. Because Russia's going to want to have the reserve. That's going to be their argument. We still need it in case the U.S. Com, you know plows through you and comes after us. Right. But exactly. the but the thing is, I think that the way that Russia, uh, because they hate China right now because of the whole COVID thing, uh, you know, minor details. Uh, I think the way Russia will probably play it is to do a wait and see at the start, and depending on how the U.S. interacts with Russia, I think that if we tell Russia, if you help China, we're going to crush you, Russia's going to be like, yeah, well, here's food for them. Uh, but if we say, hey, you know, it'd be really great if you helped us solve this quickly, and maybe we'll take some of these sanctions away, you know, if someone, if a president says yep. something stupid now, like that. Now, on that specific point, actually, actually. You know, they would help us out. On that very point, we have to take a note that as much of a piece of dog shit as he is, Biden being tied to uh, um, Ukrainian oligarchs has pulled some strings for Russia. Like we look at the, um, oh, what the fuck is the name of that new pipeline that they got through that was otherwise going to be completely sanctioned? Oh, yeah, nothing. Yeah, just uh, completely went through. Uh, it wasn't the Keystone. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the one we uh, shut down here. It was the one it that we were that... trying to get shut down. Uh, it, was, it was our competition. Yeah, yeah, basically that was allowed to just completely go through. So, you know, we've uh, we've already, you know, put out that one olive branch. Thanks there, Skin Suit Joe. Much obliged. 
Yeah, so the thing the thing I think that would happen is if so the, it's going to be a leaky border no matter what because border runners are going to see a huge profit margin to go with just on food alone, let alone other supplies. I mean, heating oil would be another big one. Um, right. They're they're going to have border runners no matter what, but the degree with which Russia is going to benignly be supplying these people without caring where the products are going to go, secondary market yep. being across the border. Nord Stream it's 2. It's largely depend by the largely way. depend on how much the US president at the time was willing to play ball to get shit done quickly. And you saw something similar to this in in World War 2 where, you know, Russia the second front with Russia that was partly because we allowed Russia to carve up Poland with uh with the Nazis yep. and then turn on the Nazis and fuck them. Uh, and then, you know, rat fuck Poland, but that's their problem. So US, the USA was kind of isolationist at the time. The problem is we have a bunch of fucking hippies over here and Biden in office and Kamala as the runner-up. And so if they decide they're going to be strong for their base because they've played up this Russia bullshit for so so long and so hard, they might just get us sucked into yet another forever war on a fucking island. Um, I mean, we've got Okinawa. We've got some bases in the area, like... We're not prepared for a full-scale invasion of Taiwan. No. We've got forces over there that have been training the Taiwanese to defend themselves. We have nowhere near enough to abate uh, to abate an actual invasion. And you got to remember that the the fleets of civilian vessels in Chinese waters they are part of the Chinese Navy when it comes to intelligence gathering and the capacity to deliver materials. And occupy space. If you have more than 50 employees as any Chinese entity, more than 50. Is it 50 or is it 100? It's 50. Okay, so if you've got 50 or more employees, you must have a CCP party member on staff, period. That's That's a boat. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually, yeah, that's that's a moderately sized transport vessel you got to keep in mind like all the the whole fishing fleet they routinely use them in the south china sea to great effect on this they will occupy waters and then tell the navy that comes you know like the filipino uh the filipino navy that came out and told them the fuck off and they they were sitting inside a little uh cove they just didn't yep they're civilian vessels if they get attacked that is going to be perceived by china as a uh as a, a national threat, and then they'll respond with their navy, um, the armed navy, that's the actual navy, and, instead of just the, the fishing fleet. But they're basically used them as, as a buffer to, to do the same thing they're doing, like, up in the north of uh, India, where they'll just kind of say, yeah, but our border is really, you know, 10 miles south of where we are. And then it's up to the other country to say, go fuck yourself. They're doing the same thing. Yep. They've been doing this in the South China Sea, not just the artificial islands, but, like, just pushing their fleet there. They'll do the same thing with Taiwan. They've been trying to do something similar with the airspace. Uh, every time they fly out their their uh, fighter pilots into the airspace, Taiwan scrambles their jets. So they actually cost Taiwan significant amounts of jet fuel routinely, and like they just don't have the resources of the rest of West Taiwan. So whenever they jump in with their fighter pilots, I mean, effectively they're costing U.S. tax dollars. Uh, because we're paying for their jet fuel at this point. Well, and I mean, and that's that's kind of the thing, though, right? Is is if we you know, if they turn around and they do there. something, 
the question fundamentally comes down to, um, you know, how much of a cost or how much how much of China's economy can China run entirely within China? Like, what's their operating? Essentially, you know, all wars are siege wars, well, right? Every single if we war go to war, if if we go to war and we have to cross the ocean to get to Taiwan to defend it or to take it or what have you. China's right there. It is far easier for them to hold Taiwan than it is for us to hold Taiwan. I mean, and, understood, but... And, and, and again, I'm just saying, like, they have... they they. We turned the U.S. economy around on a dime for World War II. Not saying they're going to do it, because I'm sure that they're going to find a way to fuck it up, but, like, it's not outside the realm of, of potential for them to be able to to linger on and make and drag out a war over a decade. I uh, see. The problem is that they are they are truly missing critical supplies. They do not have sure. energy resources. They don't really have uh, enough arable farmland to feed their people. I understand that they have what. This is why they're lower... in Afghanistan right now. Right. Yes, but I just, that, just that is... blanket. This is why they're there. Like just to, to skip the end of this, Pakistan, oh. Iran, so, and Afghanistan, all Chinese and Russian assets right now. A lot of resources right. and, there. And these are these are all very good. Very. This is one of their problems is that they do not have the resources. So kicking and they off something in China. Their way in there. So they have they have the pull right now to say, look, we gave you this stuff on a 100-year lease, they could probably say, we'll cut off 50 years if you get us this win. And if, uh, I'm, they might. if I'm Iran, and I got just, I'm realizing exactly how fucked I am with this Belt and Road bullshit after their economy is collapsing, I might say, yeah, the faster I get you out of my country, the better. Here's all the oil you want. Here's all the bullets you want. And and all of that's true, but they still have to get it there. They, you know, and sure. that's yeah. And we'll we probably can, bomb the fuck out of Pakistan the, finally. We would again. have the ability to. Uh, we would have the ability to wage an economic war still because we are richer, richer people with richer nation and all the other stuff to to go do that. Now, granted. Everybody's been kind of screwing the pooch because we keep on piling on debt and debt and debt, which right. prevents us from really waging a good, solid economic war. Um, but realistically, like the question is always going to come down to how long can they survive if their supplies get cut off, right? So we, our, our they will never get 100% supply cut off, but we will probably sit there and trim their inflows to about 20%. Of what their current so, needs. So so the the lever we will be leaning on to solve to to so the the major problem here that you I would say for this a war of this scale is going to be greater than or less than a decade. Um, nobody's going to you know mutually assured destruction will assume that holds and that no one goes completely off the fucking rail. Yeah. Uh, Barring yeah. hypersonic nuclear missiles. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So. Uh, in that sense, India is going to be kind of the lever we lean on, and it's going to depend very much on how much they really want to uh, settle the dispute at the northern border, which is is entirely disputed because China keeps trying to make it a problem. True. Uh, they keep pushing. You know, they they decide that Nepal is theirs. 
uh, even though it's not, but they own basically all the politics in Nepal right now, so it's going to become China sooner or later. Yeah, and uh, on that note, I say that uh, Tibet should be freed. Tibet. Oh, my God. Tibet. Free Tibet. <laughs> Fuck's sake. All right, it, it, and Tibet is also a problem. Well, uh, West Taiwan needs to free Tibet. You know, I, I'm just curious. So, so like, the whole reason that China has the power that it does, right, the whole reason that it has the power that it does is because we, we, we recognize them to the UN Council. Can't the United States just go recognize Taiwan? Yes. Yeah, we can, but that would be... Uh, so China would immediately cut off relations, and we would be at their economic mercy right now. Yeah, and I mean, and this is this is one of the reasons why you, as an individual or any individual, should always be, or any nation, should always be self-sustaining. Like, way to go, Texas, on right uh, maintaining maintaining their independence from the rest of the grid. Like the let the less. I'm not saying that it's not. There aren't good points to being interconnected. However, um. If only they had been able to say that during the winter when so, the Department of Energy said, why, no, go ahead and not turn those on anyway. This is, this is why India, I think, is an important lever, because I think if they end up doing the ally thing and instead of in, instead of directly going after China, if they maintain their northern border and then they flex their claim on the, the uh, uh, disputed region to the northwest, that also holds a corridor where they can attack the pipeline through Pakistan. So if they can cut off a resupply route from Iran and Pakistan and Afghanistan, if they can cut that resource, all of that off, they can get rid of it by holding that northern region and using that basically as carte blanche to bomb the fuck out of anything crossing that border. Yep. Like, that, that, that is a proxy war on their end, but it largely achieves a countrywide goal for India. And the only way that that's going to be a lever we can push on is if we have a president with the balls to ask for it. Because I bet you India well, is only going to want to hold the northern region. They're not the... going to want to bomb Pakistan unless they have to. And... The, the issue is that the U.S. is in decline. And the U.S. is in decline because we've had a whole bunch of people who have decided that it is in the best interest of the U.S. to basically – it's like it's like when, when somebody wins the lottery, right? And that's where the U.S. <laughs> was. The rest of our, our – everybody else around the world was kind of destroyed. We were the only people who had a manufacturing base. We had all of this great stuff. And then – we won the lottery. We were rich. We were wealthy. We were doing better than everybody else. And then, we and then every single person the shows up parts. at our door and says, hey, we love you long time. You give us a million dollars, right? And we did. We gave it to everyone. We gave, we gave, we said, okay, well, we're going to help you. We're going to help you. And now, now we're, we, we've basically spent our lottery winnings and well, we have nothing to show. we've that. <laughs> right. Well, that, that's yeah, actually right? spent all the lottery winnings and maxed out all our credit cards. We're, we're thirty trillion dollars yes. past that point now. So, <laughs> so, so we, you know, we we had this huge competitive advantage, and it's not one, it's not one party, it's not one group of people, it's no one person. Oh, yes. We it's have consistently both. spent our way away from, like, we basically stopped being pragmatic. You know, you start talking about climate change. And uh, what we were talking about earlier, where 
there's a huge difference between the actual measured values, the, the physics calculated values, and what we quote-unquote know about it. We have actually entertained this shit. We have not been asking for performance, uh, performance payouts for our government contracts. We aren't asking for, you know, we, we have decided that we're going to go for zero accidents and zero safety protocols and stuff like that with OSHA. And there's, there's advantages to keeping your workforce healthy and safe, right? There, there really is. Uh, longer lifespans, more productivity per person, all of that stuff. Um, you know, and obviously there's the, the moral, I didn't kill anybody. Oh, then they're alive, but, yeah. Right. <laughs> but at the same – that's the obvious one. Uh, but at the same time, there's a cost that comes into that, which is when you go too far. When you start sitting there and saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to take any risks. I'm not going well, to develop anything. Thing. We don't you even go to the like, – I make this argument as it's facetious. Keep that in mind. But it's not at extremum. You can even go the route yeah. of full safety, but you can't do it if you open the fucking door. You can't you can't let everyone in and then keep everyone safe. Your economy is well, never going to be fast enough to be, to be able to absorb that kind of risk. You all you, your you rules are going to be violated. You can't ever be in a position where you. And the other thing that we did was we turned around and we said, oh. Well, look at all these rules. These are rather unfortunate and rather irritating, and nobody can get anything done. I know. We're going to trade with a company that doesn't have any of these rules, and uh, we're going to take we're going to take goods from them uh, without paying for the cost of our rules that we've imposed because we've decided that we like right. it. And then, oh my this God, we don't have here. the ability to do anything. And this is Again, like you, we, your economy is, is never going to be fast enough. So your economy is never going to be fast enough or robust enough. If you leave the door wide open, and this isn't just for people crossing the border, it's also goods and services. It's also yes. corporations leaving to said other destination. Well, like, like we could. So like if we don't, we don't like if we put. So we don't have like a vat that that is to the point where it will limit the flow of goods and services across the border and make U.S. companies competitive in the U.S. We have simply allowed the cost of goods and services to fall to the point where the inflated dollar does not allow us to do that anymore unless we actually take the painful steps to do it. And the problem is right well, now, I mean, with, if, you know, the inflation had... in the economy, we're just we're getting the pain anyway because we have idiots we... in charge. The, the issue is that, that if you turn around and you want to have all of these rules that we purportedly live by to live in a just and moral society – the stuff that the left is constantly, you know, wearing as a badge of honor, let's say. Mm -hmm. the, the only way that you're actually being just and moral is if you're imposing those same requirements on other people. Now, I can't go into China and say, hey, don't sit there and run slave labor camps. Shame on you. Right? That's not something I can do, Look, nor would I want to. Right? But no, I can no, no, turn no. around we, we really and say that if do. you use slave labor, like, we, we, we can come in and we can say... This is the estimated cost of having a living wage. This is the estimated cost associated with our environmental compliance. This is the cost associated with our safety yeah, compliance. We think this is important <laughs> for us, and you have to sit there and eat. You're either going to get taxed those costs, or you're going to implement those regs, and we're only going to those people have a lower tax break. But we didn't do that. We said, hey, we'll take your goods cheap because you can take the environmental hit and the safety hit and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, everybody said, well, 
then we'll just move our, our factories over there because then we don't have to pay for any of these costs associated with compliance that the United States says it, it quote-unquote values. So we have this problem where China is trashing the planet, right? Like it's an ecological disaster for all intents yes, and purposes on a massive scale. It is a human rights violation uh, on, on a scale that we haven't seen since Nazi Germany. Actually, right? I would we're say it vastly, out, vastly outpaces it, unless we're talking about everything that was confirmed at Nuremberg. Right. So, so, so you, you start talking about what we did. We said all of these things that we value, all of our values, well, we don't value them as long as somebody else is paying that price. And had we sat there and kept it internal or charged them for their bad behaviors, so yeah, it means our goods and services would have cost more, but our factories wouldn't have gone over there. And that's the problem. That's how we spent our money because eventually the piper comes home to, to roost. You either pay for a good product and a good service that you feel is valuable or you buy a shitty product and you have to spend all the fucking time in the world making it work. And we paid for the shitty products. We lost our factories. We have to invest our time, effort, and energy into trying to recover. And that's where we are today because everybody took this short-term, hey, let's get rich quick scheme outlook rather than you know let's pay a little bit more to maintain american factories by sitting there and ma encouraging china to not you know no go ahead and keep being shitty as long do. as the prices are low so i gotta go right. here shortly uh i thought i'd go ahead and, and throw something completely different into the mix here which we, could, we don't have to go through very much because we pointed it out so frequently if you didn't see the nih finally Oh, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, I've got a great link here from uh, oh, Yahoo yeah. News on it. Well, you said we don't have to go yeah. any depth on this because we fucking pointed it out before. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what the fun part about that? Article they decided is? to punt it and say that it was EHA's fault because they That's did exactly things right. wrong. <laughs> That's exactly right. They have accumulated enough. directly lied. They have they have position <laughs> papers. They have arguments and a PR team ready. They are ready to point the finger at somebody else. Oh yeah, they're they, they, are they are trying to throw EcoHealth Alliance under the bus on this one. But my favorite part is my favorite part is they can't do it. They they can't throw Peter Daszak under the bus because they need him to be the shining golden boy of the USA's WHO response team. And they he can't the show. Point, he was the point show, man who went in there and said it wasn't in the lab. Like, yeah, they're between a rock and a hard place here. I think they're, Fauci's they're, gonna they're, have to fall on his so, sword here. I think that's they're, the they're only there. way they can do it. No, they can wait it out. They haven't after the 2022 election. Then they can turn around and stab Daszak in the back and say, "All right, you're out," because they finally gonna have you know they're gonna have their power cemented in if they uh, they're not. But like that's their hope. Their hope right there. Their, their holdout is to string this shit out long enough to get past 2022. So they can uh, they can basically throw down the guy at the bottom, uh, whoever that ends up being. Like it might be, Peter's probably gonna have to you know go through some proceedings and shit, and try to throw it on an intern or some crap. But like point being, at the end of it, like they're not they're gonna try and push all the blame on the EHA, but unequivocally, Fauci lied to Congress. Yes, and directly. He is, he is easily capable of being charged. With contempt of Congress on multiple counts at this point. Yep. And he's yep. and he's still I, uh... gonna get away with it, you know, because he's a bureaucrat piece of shit. 
But at least, like, you know, the mud will be on the shoe. Fuck that guy. Well, the thing about it is, this is out now. So once a different organization has the power to do something about it, something can be done about it. So yeah, theoretically... The is, that organization's never going to be CNN, for example. Oh, no, no, no. But what I mean to say is that, say, come 2023, <laughs> if right. another party is uh, in the position that they will be if things aren't fucked with, then right. Fauci will face a reckoning. Well, if things continue to go the direction they are in terms of being fucked with, sure. Now, if, uh, you mean, know, election protections aren't put into place, well, we'll have to see. But that being said, what's specifically come out recently is uh, there's there's people on the, uh, just the Republican side that are calling for full investigations now, now that this has come out. Oh, you mean like actually looking at the lab leak theory? <laughs> you don't fucking say. <laughs> I know, right? Like, like oh, and by the way, that. by the way, in just the past three days, the NIH or uh, the CDC, one or the other, has changed their definition of gain-of-function research on their website. Well, it probably is just to become consistent with the NIH and NIAID's definitions. Oh, of course Considering it is. that their definition was malleable gobbledygook, that was... Uh, that was specifically uh, intended to allow for circumvention of the rules. You know, thanks Fauci, you know what, thanks Dasik. This shit where they, they go in and retroactively change friggin' definitions, that is the most fucking 1984 bullshit. Oh, it totally is. Like, it, 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 like, that is some straight-up Ministry of Truth shit. Or whatever else, right? Like, this is, that's, it's such bullshit to come in and be like, all right, we're going to change the definition to whatever conforms to the U.S. government standard. Like, I understand that, that language evolves. I understand that. that doesn't yeah, but it does it organically. Language evolves only when politically convenient. Yeah, well, that is an know, evolution. That's, uh... The definitions need to be brought up to code so that they reflect accurately all the pronouns that are apparent in the department. Oh, yes, absolutely. Ma'am! Because that is also organically done. Ah, well, you know what? I, uh, my, my last thing... see is that if you have a problem with the pronouns I give you because of your appearance, then you are now an it. That is the universal hey, pronoun, and I, no one can deny it. I have, I have the stuff that, uh, I, you know my pronouns. And Evan had to try to edit it out one night. I, and I'll have to again, so we'll just say that they're inappropriate for this forum. <laughs> he they has are word perfectly appropriate. He has game word pronouns, and they are yes, fine. They're appropriate. They are. They're appropriated. They are. I think is the right word for Listen, that. Listen, you can't, you can't come to me and tell me what my pronouns are. I'm not trying to, sir. Not trying pro, to. Pro every 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 form of trans. It's the best kind of trans. Oh yeah, no full Rachel Dolezal all over in here. Got that man. Yep, Got it. I am. Yep, I am. Yeah. Oh, indeed. Yeah, I mean, Rachel Dolezal, oh no, she's light-skinned. My man here, he is like Blurple. <laughs> the one thing That's that I will awful. say, my my last thing for the night, uh, I know that I think last time we talked, we did not have guidance on uh, on our, our yeah. mandate implementation. We did oh yeah, we were talking about that before the show, so it fill is, us it in. It is super fucking shitty. So the short version right. is that they, you know, like I was planning on going for a religious exemption. Um, and my plan to go for a religious exemption is as an atheist. A, because it's honest, and B, because atheists do have 
I know I'm sure there's some folks listening here going, ah, atheism is not a religion. That's Cringe. not true. Oh, so we end up developing... Hat tip. It, what's that? Just tipping my fedora over here. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, right? So so it's a secular... It's a belief in secular, secular truth. It's sure. a belief in objectivism and reality and that science has moved uh move the needle and that we should follow that, and, uh, right? and a belief in polyamory like and having your wife take you to the curb uh, i'm that sorry that is not we're, about, we're not talking about specific atheists now are we it, it is it is a general belief in non-supernatural <laughs> phenomenon and philosophical and ethical things and that was what i was going to go with and i was planning on starting to to talk about the science and i was going to talk about uh about rules and regulations and then they put in a, uh, a clause that says you can't talk about uh, you can't talk about anything. It has to be a religious belief. It cannot be a philosophical, social, uh, economic, no, no or um, well. So so you're not that, that that's not true. They didn't say it can't be moral, but like where where I would normally have come in and done okay. something kind of like the discussion that you and I and, and Evan have here which is that my belief system is essentially informed by science, right? And that, that my concerns associated with the vaccines and the reason I don't want to take them is because of my knowledge and understanding of science and bioethics. Um, you, I, I, just to be clear, the, what I meant was no moral objection in the same way that there's no more, like a moral objection to the draft. That doesn't require yes. religion to be involved. So if there's no right, moral objection exactly. allowed in this, okay. Or or or, uh, or what was it is a, a conscientious objector, right? Yeah. Yes. So there you can go. still yeah. get exactly, exactly that. Yeah. As a, as a conscientious objector, you can believe that it is against your beliefs to have to kill another human being, and they are still they are obligated to follow that, and they put you in medic roles and stuff like that, where you are not, where you are not required to to violate your beliefs, and, and that does not require a belief in God. It does not require a belief in God or anything else. Might not be crappy. It was actually pretty good. Okay, I mean, I, it looked like it had a good cast. I just hadn't like had it, time it, to see it. It was it was very very well done. A better yeah, cast I mean, than Rust. I'm sure it's exaggerated all hell, but it was it was actually pretty right. well done. But yes, yeah, so, so they it is severely limited. It was very distressing. One of the reasons we I I delayed the the show this week quite a bit because I was not in a good headspace. I'm still not in a great headspace with this whole thing, um, because my, you know, my my objections, my it's it's not a well, it's, it's not your a minor body thing. and you want it to be your choice. Yeah, it's it's well, a really a big fucking deal. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. It's an irreversible medical procedure. I am I consider it a gene therapy. I think it's a as soon as you start injecting your cells with. Uh, codons that are designed specifically to produce proteins that are not human proteins that's that's an issue for me especially without you know extensive testing proving that it doesn't stay in your system in some manner or form cause cancer whatever it is so the i that is that is kind of where it is we have finally seen the first lawsuit drop that i think is legitimate and i i know that there's folks out there who probably listen to this who are opposed to the vaccine mandates and they were sitting there and cheering on all the other stuff most of the lawsuits that I've seen up to this date are basically like the Kraken lawsuit. They are ridiculous <laughs> on their face. They and so when the New York Times and this is one of the problems that I again we talk I talk about this a lot lately is the issue I have with conservatives is they're fucking nuts. They don't let people who are smarter than them speak for them. 
And so you get a whole bunch of people who just basically they, – they've got a principle. They've got a belief, and they, oh, they yeah. think that they can argue, you know, it's my freedom, and that's not how you make an argument. But that, I've seen the first legitimate legal challenge uh, to this thing drop, and it is from the Arizona Attorney General. It is not based on some sort of esoteric notion of rights and freedom and, and, and politics. It is based solely on the delegate, uh, the delegation clause, which is a. It's actually what they hammer Joe Biden on for the uh, rent moratoriums, and that is that uh, the executive branch cannot create law uh, solely on a whim using all of these uh, regulatory well, bodies. Unless you're Obama, you know, but details. Well, they, they, you know, I suspect that Obama didn't go as far as Biden has. He really did. DACA. Uh, that that is yeah. Whole DACA humans. is DACA is probably the only one. I don't understand. Whole, yeah, that's, the, yeah, 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 good. You Sorry. wanna you wanna start talking about things that Republicans should have sued him for, and it should have been DACA. Like they should have dropped the suit right there. And and this is one of yeah. the problems that we have is why didn't they? And the answer is they wanted to use the delegation clause when they came into power. That's kind of how this wanted, uh, They also wanted to uh, get all that nice cheap labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> a lot this of rhinos is, this out is there. The fundamental problem is that every single time somebody invents a power for themselves in the federal government, uh, it, the other party is sitting there and going, "Yes, yes." Yep. Right. Like they're not just sitting there waiting, exemption. waiting for some. Yeah. So not one so, exception like, that rule. It's hard and fast. There is not a single time that. What was it? It was uh, when they passed Obamacare through. The well, Democrats were cheering all for that, and then all of a sudden the Republicans did the same fucking shit. All of a sudden it went from for, – for those who are younger in our audience, it used to be plural uh, a plurality. 66% of the Senate, 60% or 60 of the Senate, and like 66% of the House. And then because they couldn't get agreement on Obamacare and they had all of the votes to do it solely by themselves, they changed it to a, a simple majority and passed it through reconciliation. And what did the Republicans do? They came right in and all of a sudden everything was a 51% vote majority. And then, and you know, granted, all they, the Democrats cried and then they didn't understand how this could have happened. Except Isn't that funny? Except the precedent. This shit happens all the damn time. Just look, they're and doing the same the thing right now with the filibuster. Yeah, they kill the filibuster. You don't want to see what comes next. Yeah, that that is going to be awful. And here's here's the problem. The major problem for the rest of us is that the rest of us are still going to get fucked by the stupid shit that the Republicans are yep. going to pass. It's not yep. all. It's not all fucking you know roses and rainbows on the other side of that hill. It is not. There's well, and it's not like they're going that. to undo any of the fuckery that's already been done. Exactly. And, and this, this, by the way, if you go back to the original foundation of the government, was how the government, what the government was formulated to prevent against, right? The reason that the, the Senate was not originally a popularity vote. Your uh, congressional representative was your representative. The Senate was a representative of the states. And then the uh, the president was a weighted average between the states and the popular vote, and that is that is that was a brilliant system, and it was done specifically to avoid this majority rule power pushing bullshit. And now we're back to power the concentration bullshit. of power, and we're going. Yes. The part of the thing that's real problem here is that we go back to simple majority rule. Majority is not going to be good enough. Or sorry, not simple majority. Sorry, uh, 
but 50%. So, so okay, so simple majority. That's not going to be good enough soon. Um, they're talking about, nope. you know, the a certain amount of senators representing, what, 70% of the population, blah, 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 bullshit. The moment that shifts in the other direction, the minority is suddenly going to need the rights and the rules. They're going to need to be the ones who are allowed yep. to get things well, done. And, and the, the, because the, the, they're the ones with the good ideas. That's going to be what it's going to call them. The, that whole claim of the 70%, they're presuming that everybody who's not a Republican agrees with them. And that's not yeah. true. Well, the a perfect and absolutely in that region. As a matter of fact, let me just break right in here on that exact and specific point. Bernie fucking Sanders was saying just like two weeks ago, we can't have two people holding oh up God. the the desires of forty eight others. It's <laughs> like you motherfucker. You mean to say you can't have fifty two people holding up the desire of forty eight others? Did you completely forget That's about the whole other fucking side of the house, you goddamn asshole? Yep. So, like, that was a brilliant system. It was set up really well, but we've been concentrating power. So this is the first legitimate challenge that I've seen. Uh, I do expect to see a couple other challenges that are legitimate. I don't know why nobody's done it. Uh, one is uh, where... Oh, and I so, found a link to that. I've put it in the show links for everybody answer. as well. Money is the What's answer, that? and it's unfortunate. Well, I mean, money money is one thing, but I I expect I, I expect to see a legal challenge on, um, uh, I expect to see a legal challenge on the, uh, oh shit, I just had it. Uh, it is the delegations clause, and then. Oh, well, basically, where Biden can't make new laws. That's the delegations clause. He can't do that. But there, there's another another thing I was thinking that uh, that he can't quite do, and it is I can't remember. It's it's like a minor point. It's not as strong as the delegations clause, so I kind of forgot about. But that well, is the flat first out legitimate can't do one. mandates. Like, well, so uh, that's the, that's the, the delegations clause. Well, no. So here's the thing: the he OSHA can't... rule change, the OSHA rule change, the there argument is. for that. The argument for a legal the legality of the OSHA rule change is that Congress delegated those powers to OSHA by legislation. That is not something that Biden is doing. That is something that the OSHA system yes. is doing. That is the that's the legal defense that's going to come out on a challenge to through the delegations clause is that Biden is not the one who is delegating powers here. He is he is the one that's simply following the law. Now that said, that's but, not you know, that it, power it, it, has never actually been vested in them, has it not? Well, OSHA so, rules so are this, under the guise under the guidance of OSHA. That's it. No, this no is this stuff. is the other thing is that when you start talking about the OSHA rule or or the uh, the you know the the executive power, emergency powers, all this other stuff, they're talking about it as a public health crisis, and the numbers don't back them. Right. In order for OSHA to make the claim that they need to be able to create this rule on the fly and basically uh, bypass the system, it needs to be what's considered a grave right. threat. And yeah, I have lawsuit. a manual. That's a separate lawsuit. This is this that is a separate, a separate thing. Lawsuit. This is yeah. This is the other. This is the other thing that I think is a legitimate challenge, and that is that because uh, I I have a manual on my desk as as somebody who works with uh, with radiation and radiation safety. Uh, one of the key things that we talk about is relative life risks. It's like drilled into everybody. And that manual states 
that the, my lifetime risk exposure from being exposed to the federal limits as they are defined right now per OSHA and all the, the other – I can't remember what CFR is it. Right. But it's a, roughly a, a 4 in 10,000 chance of death over the course of my life. Uh, and that is a 4 in sure. 10,000 death chance of death from cancer. That's my risk. If you go to the CDC data uh, and, and you take the worst case scenario from the CDC data, it is 500 in a million. And uh, at that rate, it is roughly equivalent to my risk from radiation, which is considered to be well below uh, acceptable life risks. And that those kinds of that those previous determinations by OSHA, the government, the CFR, NRC, all the rest of them, those previous determinations are a legitimate legal challenge to the authority to implement the mandate rules. Well, yeah, it sets quite a precedent, really. Pull that out. I mean, you've well, basically not, already got precedent, precedent set. So what you're right. going to have to find the here is... says so, this is an acceptable life risk. You can't come in and claim that this is a grave risk, if, as long as so, it's so less the, than... the problem you're going to find in, uh, law, in court with this uh, is... And it sucks because it's, it, it's, it's actually kind of ironic here because it's the same shit that was happening with all those lawsuits for the voting. Until the rule change goes through... Oh, it's gone probably, through. So you're probably not going to find any lawsuit until you have somebody who, quote, has standing here. Um, no, nope, thankfully quite a few do. You need a, basically, you need a business owner who is willing to put the cash in because the typical pro bonos are not there for this. ACLU, mm-hmm. not going to touch it. You know, EFF is not going to be remotely involved because it has nothing to do with, you know, I mean, maybe maybe internet company gets fucked by this and maybe they'll jump in. Probably not. I mean, we could um, see Peter Thiel jump in, uh, jump in here, or somebody like I, that. I mean, I, I doubt an angel investor is going to dump in capital on something like this when it doesn't have the kind of return they need to make it make it financial sense. It doesn't have any return for them. Oh yeah, no, right. this it is. Have any return. Well, it might have I, a productivity return at the end of the day, but right now it does not uh, have the, the I, numbers. I 100 percent agree that there is not money in the in in opposing the mandates. So there really isn't. I mean, there's only the uh, there's basically only the option of keeping what you have or losing it. Right. So so that this is the only way this is going to be profitable for the lawyers are going to be the class action lawsuits. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. is not a constitutional challenge. There's a class so action lawsuit. There's going to be reliance on You'll see on... A, a class action brought if you have wrongful terminations southwest almost ran into this space first um yeah i don't think we covered it before but if you remember there is the week where they were going to fire all those people and then it turned out that uh, a judge said you can't do that dumbasses because someone went in and filed for injunctive relief prior to the uh, termination that would have been what's called a uh a lawyer's wet dream Oh, so they'd have gone, like, directly in opposition to a court order. Oh, man, that would have been a big, big deal of fuckery. Well, beyond the court order, had there there been no court order, it would have been a wrongful termination suit on an entire class of people, medical and religious exemptions, because that's who was involved. There was maybe a handful of moral objectors, and those people could have been let go already, but they have, they don't have as much standing to go on in terms of the court part, you know, Sucks, but that's what it is. But that, like, that's, you know, that was what they were going to get screwed yeah. by. I, um, yeah, no, I, I do agree. The standing is kind of difficult. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to have to be actually walked off site before they actually have a class. 
Um, the I do think that the, 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 the again, the Arizona Attorney General raising the concern is probably the best chance for a lawsuit to actually go through uh, because it's mm -hmm. a state suing, not a, an individual seeking relief. It's a state suing. It's the state has requested injunctive relief. I am surprised that I haven't seen the state of Florida sue or the state of Texas sue, although I believe they're setting themselves up for it. Uh, with the whole uh, executive orders that they pass saying thou shalt not mandate in my state. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I, I like I would like to see them actually sue the federal government over this rather than try to set up some sort of long game. Well, the major problem uh, I that know... I see with the rule change in the future is the fact that they tacked on the extra couple of zeros on all those penalties. Um, and those are... Like, it, it, those are not small numbers. Uh, changing a $7,000 fine for a, a first-time federal OSHA inspection failure uh, to $70,000 is a gigantic leap. Yeah. Uh, yep. ch changing the multiple offender, uh, multiple offense fine to $700,000 is a, a ridiculous leap from 70 grand well and, and don't and don't forget right the other problem that you have here is and this is something that we've talked about with fauci in particular is if if they go along with this it is going to decrease the credibility of osha as an organization right. like this is this is one this of is the reasons why you don't do an organization it is. It's an incredibly important organization. So being wielded for political purposes because Joe couldn't convince a bunch of people that a gene therapy was a really great idea and him switching to brute force and using their organization to headline it sets them, sell, them up to be in the same position as the CDC where it's no longer like people who, who used to trust these organizations – no longer trust it because a the figureheads like Fauci are fucking up royally, and b they're playing politics. These organizations, as much as they are under the federal, the executive branch's direction, really need to operate as independent entities. In fact, the of the they of they have to. I'm in favor of privatizing specifically for this. They should be chartered. I I am I am a huge fan of that. Yep, I I am okay with delegating them to the states. Saying that we want well, this, this have OSHAs. And... every state is required to have an OSHA to begin with. Like that's already yep. a, a yep. part of I, the thing. I have, I have no moral issue with sitting there and getting rid of it from the federal government and having it be a state. Well, group. I think the federal the federal implementation is should be largely what the CDC is supposed to be at this point in, ter in those terms, guidance. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and, you know, individual states have their own CDC implementations, and they're the ones who do the data collection, mm -hmm. processing of anal and analysis, and so on. The national organization largely does the guidance and uh, and uh, um, and national uh, direction for the uh, organization and itself. I, I would be entirely okay if those federal organizations – see, this is the thing is, is like I, said, I don't think – Chartered and privatized solves the problem by making them self-sufficient private companies – you know, they can be competing against even, and but, or eh. and or just gutting their power, saying you don't have any power or authority to enforce this shit. Well, I can can't believe that the first... fucking like CDC. How the hell did like under what twisted sense of like what power was there to do the rent shit? There wasn't. That they came out there of wasn't. nowhere. No, they yeah, well, asserted that, the rule the and was... it didn't exist. That was that was, and it was rightfully struck down. Goes back to 
this goes back to the delegations clause, which is what I think will actually uh, wipe out those two executive orders because you can't just start mandating. Well, it'll certainly wipe out the one for under 100 employees. I don't think that can stand up in any way, shape, or form. Well, anything the under 100 employees is, is not covered by that area. Like that, that can't be a mandate that they have to uh, submit to. No, I mean the the greater than 100 employees thing. I, yeah. they, they split it into two executive orders. The other one, the federal contractors and the executive branch one, is is uh, I, I think that's still I think that's it's legally questionable for federal contractors. It's less questionable for executive well, it's not in the branch. contract you signed at the beginning. If it was a renewal, then they could put that in as so, a rider, which is so, probably so here's how feature. they're handling. Here's how they're handling that, right? Yeah. Even though I signed a contract with my employer, the employer right. is saying that they're just going to re-sign the contract with the federal government. Right. And I have no say whatsoever. It doesn't – like they're not changing my contract in any way, shape, or form. They're changing the they're contract changing they signed with the government, which is what I was saying. They're kind right. of just – every time they – like, and the thing is the federal government's going to find a way to compel a renewal um, right. ahead of time. Which exactly is be how you end up getting screwed by that. So just for efficiency's sake, and, which is silly. Yep, and this is this is like that's why I'm hoping that the the whole thing gets struck down. And if it gets struck down, then we can see that. Um, you know, I, I would also like to see broader implementation of religious mandates. And it's really it's really tough for me too because I'm not inherently opposed to the idea of vaccine mandates. I think that if you're talking about participation in schools and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, you're well, again, seeking a government service. Go back service. to the last year, even, and this is where we were talking about things ending up. It's going to be a school vaccine. Like, it's just and, the, and I'm, it's I, the way again, it's going to be. As long as, and this is this is the thing, is like, I think that, that that's a perfect example for why we should have school choice. If somebody wants to come in and doesn't want to get a vaccine, they shouldn't be required to pay tax dollars to a school. Uh, and then have to go homeschool their kid. Like, I think that that's a perfectly legitimate, like, you want to do your thing, they want to do this thing, they put in this right. thing. I don't but think again, coming in to an adult the, uh, in a workplace and saying, there you are, did, there you're going to lose norms, your job. There are norms and exemptions for a reason yep. for school vaccinations, and they protect people from being yep. forced to take something that will kill them. Or so, potentially injure them you know or well, no, what have like you just outright, or create outright significant kill them. psychological distress so but i mean there, the medical the, exemption the day, is specifically like, there to prevent death and that is that is a major important thing and again i talked about the southwest thing the 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 psychotic pushes for back these vaccine mandates they create the kind of environment that incentivizes skipping, like just cutting corners to the point where you will cause death. You know, yes. the, the, you'll cause well, and, like and just that's the thing. preventable, known ahead of time, definite death. Yep. That's bad. I, yeah. I, and I mean, ultimately, that's that's what a lot of people are concerned about with this vaccine itself is the cutting of the corners. Because, because again, we talk about it, and we talk about it all the time. When I ask questions, there's certain things that we don't know, and we can't know, because we don't have the time period that's required for these things to manifest. 
it's one thing if we have older technologies. It's another thing when we have newer technologies. But I just, I, I really, I think that that there's, I, I want to see more handcuffs on the federal government. Uh, it, it's not a, uh, I want you know Democrats and Republicans to both be handcuffed. I don't want to. Have oh, I'd love to see feds in handcuffs. Show up. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I mean, in the lines of terms of what what they can pass and what they can't, I would really uh, I love to that, see. Oh, I, I agree, literally and figuratively. I think that there should be a, an iron rod next to each of their desks, and it should have a locked cap on top, and they should be handcuffed to the fucker. I I would be very Make happy. Two days if... of vacation a year. What I we have we are moving into a more and more. Uh, technically challenging world and we have a whole bunch of people who have no technical expertise and they should have we should be writing down definitions for what is regulatable like where what level of interference what is it that will allow for a level of interference because this arbitrary shit it doesn't work out so well like we we should be learning from this this point that giving the government the all the power that they want in the world to go do whatever they want to whomever they want is a problem, and that they you should know, have they wanna, hard like, and fast uh, limits for when they can interview. If they want to go down that road with like rent controls, then I feel like I should be able to arbitrarily determine how much tax I pay towards that. Fair <laughs> by me. Yeah, like if we're gonna do that, I should be able to choose <laughs> where are anyway. my tax Maybe dollars going. I want only this many dollars going towards this. I only want the CDC getting this many dollars. Like, if you're going to be yep. doing this bullshit, then yep. we need to be able to decide where our money goes. I think I think yep. that um, that when you pay taxes, you should be able to get, like, even if it's just a fucking suggestion form, just for facetious sake here, at the start of this, why not put, like, add in your tax form, like, here's here's a list of boxes you can check for federal government programs or departments that you want your dollars going to like just a way to parse up the pool. And again, even if it's just suggestions, just a, like an a, a initial way that their, their budgeting has to go through this. But I think just having yep. that list in front of people will help them realize what their tax dollars are going to like, just, just mandating that that list has to show up with the form. It's part of the form, you know, government paper reduction act, or whatever the fuck it's called. Be damned. Uh, you're getting the long ass form with all these programs on it, and yet, like, even if it's on the computer, you have to scroll through the fucker in order to get to the bottom, just to see how. I would be. I would be. There. I I would be a. Uh, uh, they list how much they they how much of your tax money you know, would normally like have gone Texas to them. Law, and then you, you have, have to go to the clinic and be told this shit. Yeah. But I I that's that's where I'm at right now. In any case, I'm I'm hopeful for this this thing. I know you said you had to go probably about an hour ago. Yeah, there so, was uh, uh, half hour ago, I'm but yeah, thinking, it's time. I'm thinking it's time. I've been I've been slowly getting the room ready and blah 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 while we've been talking here. Ah, uh, no worries. So sorry for the noise in the background. Ah, uh, no, it's it's been fine. I've only heard like a handful of chips eating and nothing else, so we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, you and your fucking corn chips. <laughs> listen, listen, I was drunk. And I was hungry, and I wanted some goddamn motherfucking exploded. chip. Their ears exploded from the chip crunching. <laughs> ah, so, no the headphone warning this time, folks. Is if Chipotle sold their hot salsa. Like, I'm slowly. Oh, that is good salsa. 
I, I won't lie. It is, it is great salsa. Like the really hot I, stuff I they make is love. like delicious. Yes. Yes. It's a tomatillo salsa and like salsa verde is a tomatillo salsa as well. But it just not it's not the same thing. Like I've I've All had right. multiple salsa uh, salsa verdes and I've had no success. Talk to you guys later. All right. Night man. Good Happy to talk night, to you. My man. So that was Craig at CraigBob99. Basically everywhere. Hit him up with any questions, ideas, or concerns, and comments, or what the fuck ever, or just shit talk if you like. Oh, that's all. I was just doing an outro. Go ahead. What? I didn't uh, say anything. Oh, I know. I just kind of was giving an outro for you know, Craig. Do you want to do your own? Oh. Or I can do it. Uh, well, I'm Steve, uh, at man, at Ratman720, wherever you may find me. Uh, I will do my very best to respond, as long as Craig doesn't drag me into one of his insanely large threads with way too many people in it. Um, there is someone from February that is still bugging him. It's 90 some odd people today. Like, I can't even open Twitter. I'm just gonna, just gonna wait till it gets quiet again. Uh, but you know, you can always, uh, wherever you want to hit me up for at Ratman720, I'm more than happy to answer questions, uh, and have a, have a good solid conversation with whoever would like to have it, but, uh, you have fun, you party people. And I'm Evan, at that fake guy Dan, everywhere except Facebook, because that place is fucking weird and run by cyborg lizards, and, uh, you know, you can't trust a cyborg lizard. So, that being the case, you know, look me up anywhere else, and, uh, you're obviously listening to the podcast, so I don't need to tell you where to find it, but it is everywhere, and tell everybody else to look it up everywhere. And beyond that, if there's anything that anybody that's listening or watching or however you're taking in this uh, glorious content, just get in touch with any one of us with uh, any ideas, or if you'd like an invite to the Discord so we can continue the conversation, that'd be awesome. And otherwise, thanks for being here, and uh, hell, I started it out with the good news, so, you know, we'll... Uh, well, actually, no, we kind of finished with the uh, people are finally calling for Fauci to be investigated, so that's good news, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's well, honestly really good news. It's not It's not good news when they call for them to be investigated. Hell, we had, you know, friggin' Yeah, that's, well, yeah, that's a bare fucking minimum, actually. It's only good news when something comes of that call. Yeah, fair point. Uh, that uh, reminds me of something. I wonder whatever happened to Billy Bob, Bo, Joe Bob... Fred Bob, uh, Jimmy Bob from North Carolina that, uh, you know, parked his brodozer in front of the Library of Congress. We never did hear back from uh, from that fellow that was from Central Casting that drove that uh, brodozer that he got out of, uh, you know, the, what do they call that thing? Uh, when, you, when you work at the agency and you go down to, the, oh, the motor pool. Yeah, he went down to the motor pool when his boss told him to, well, anyway, that's a story for another day. So, uh mm. Ah, good times. Yeah, but really nothing has come back from that guy that was uh, like, your, your boys are built of these things here, Joe. Old Joe, I'm fixing to tell you about these things your boys built me and told me to bring down here. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we ever hear anything more about that. At mm -hmm. him. Well, anyway, been a pleasure. <laughs> Talk to everybody again real soon.